0: It's a nice thought to think that you can plan out your whole life to become that specialist who gives that speech at the graduation ceremony after they come back to some their alma mater. But the reality is, I think, that it takes a lot of trial and error. It takes a lot of prototyping their own experiences, like trying to figure out what it is they like.
1: Welcome to Beyond Aesthetics, a podcast about art and design from the Fountain Institute. In this podcast, we explore how to think like an artist and how to think like a designer.
0: We are the co-founders of the Fountain Institute, and we are an education company based in Berlin. And today, we've got a lot to talk about. We're talking about generalists versus specialists.
1: I'm Hannah Baker, and I'm the Chief Learning Experience Officer.
0: I'm Jeff Humble, and I'm a design evangelist for the European Union.
1: Let's dive in.
0: Okay, so the reason we're talking about becoming a generalist versus specialist is because this is a question that gets asked. A lot when you're just new to the field. So in my experience of you know working at Career Foundry, um, I talked to quite a few students before they take the Career Foundry boot camp um, into UX, UI design, and I found it really interesting that potential students, so not even a student yet, we're not even talking about someone who's learned anything yet, is already asking about what their potential specialization would be. And I think it's quite curious, like why would the field of design um, make some sort of environment where people who haven't even got into the field are asking about specializations.
1: I think that there's people who want to, especially if they're career changers, who a lot of boot campers are, want to take in their past experience and use it or know what kind of things that they like and they want to use them in um, this new field that they're going to. And so they want to jump past, they want to jump to like a further level
0: Yep this is something we talked about in the past that everyone wants to use their past experiences use every bit of it combine it to make some sort of special you know unique niche field that they're going to dominate and I, and i think that's something they can do um, but i think you hit on something that's interesting is like want to jump past right i think that's the kind of area that as a hiring manager is a red flag to me that they think they can jump past a junior bit where they just do design uh, maybe they just do ux ui design or they just do visual design or web design you know i think what I see in the question is someone who doesn't understand the hard work and basics that will go into becoming a designer.
1: Yeah, and I think that there is a lot that people who switch careers um, and come into this design world that can bring from their past experience and Definitely. be super helpful and be beneficial to, for a variety of reasons. But I think that you can't, I don't think that you can't not have that experience of like what it is to be a basic designer yeah. and the processes and um, the the different experiences that that has and I think you need to build the basis in in this career while you're also adding on to um, From your past experience and I experienced that personally where I thought that I could you know, jump into the design field and use my past experiences and just jump straight in. And in a certain sense, I could, but it took me years before I was able to like hone in those details and those processes where I was actually getting the clientele that I thought I should be getting.
0: Yeah, I think, I think the reason that a lot of this motive, like, I guess we want, we should look at the motivation for someone who's not in the field to, to question that, um, we could start by saying, you know, what is a specialist in design? What is a specialist in design? I mean, that, that's actually probably the thing that, that cuts to why they're asking about this. So,
1: What are some specializations that you know of in design?
0: I, I see a lot of people who will go from UX UI designer to maybe service designer or maybe a strategic designer or um, they're doing actually just... UX UI design for a different industry, Um, and then maybe they're even doing UX UI design for a different interface. So I think those are the common ones that I see, like for instance, service designer in the medical field, or UX designer for VR. Those are probably the the most common things that I see. And if you're a junior designer, um, I think it's pretty clear that you need to understand how to do UX UI design. And I think you can do that in any field and i think you can do that especially ux design for any interface now when it gets into the ui part yeah a lot of ui design today is focused on mobile if you're not going to do mobile and you're going to do vr i think maybe it doesn't necessarily make sense to learn the ropes of mobile and apply it to vr but actually from what i've read and I'm, i'm not into vr is they take a lot of the same design patterns for mobile and they apply it to vr and i think you'll find that it's I think a lot of the, the sort of motivation to become a specialist comes from new technologies because technologies are always changing and a lot of technical people do have to specialize to understand just the basics of one sort of new technology. But my opinion, and it's gonna come out later so I might as well say it, is that like design is a journalist field by nature. So thinking that you can become a specialist before you become a journalist is very much backwards.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point of the idea of jumping to and to specialists before you become a, a gen or sorry jumping to specialists before you become a generalist yeah and it's kind of like what's that phrase like a you have to know the rules before you know how to break them exactly and i think that there is only so much that you can learn from education and reading and watching videos in whatever way that you want to learn. And I think there's only certain things that you can learn on the job and by doing them. And so I think for junior designers, it's really important to spend the first, at least the first couple years of your career, really focusing on just being as good of a general designer as you can. Yeah. before you want to jump into a specialization.
0: I think the, the the thing I see junior designers do the most, which is completely separate from this conversation, is I see them trying to recreate the wheel. As in, like, it's quite obvious that there's a design pattern that exists, but they're super excited and they want to, like, invent the next Facebook. And so they'll, they'll design... A thing that basically should be a news feed, but it's just not. And I think I see that all the time. And being a specialist encourages that behavior. And I don't think that's a good idea. I think design is a journalist. <laughs> it's a journalist field. So if it doesn't go journalist to specialist, there's something wrong. I think and it can not even stay journalist. I think if you're paying attention to what's going on in design today, which we'll get into later, I think actually being a journalist could be more of a benefit for your career than people realize.
1: But I think one thing that you said was... reminded me of, like, you need to know the history, too. So it's not just generalists, it's also knowing the history. So, like, if people are trying to invent this new thing that they think they're the... they see this problem, they want to fix it, they want to do it, and if you aren't... if you don't have the experience and or history of what's come before you, then you kind of don't understand... You're, you're trying to solve a problem that somebody's maybe, like, already tried and you can actually look at what they've done and try to, like, go ju- ju- jump off... Jump off is my new word. From that place instead of... Um, like, don't reinvent the wheel, is what I'm saying. Like, you could try to make the wheel better, but, like, understand what's out there already.
0: Yeah, I think there's a... There's, okay, so there's a natural desire to make the wheel better, okay? And I think that's... That's part of it. There's also a natural desire to get a lot of work if people want to make wheels better. (laughs) So I think there's
1: (laughs) there's two
0: things going on there. But really, the way to get better at making a wheel is to iterate. And you have to start at the base level first. Mm -hmm. You have to create a circle with an axle before you're going to make a better wheel. You can't... that's, that's, That's kind of the issue. I think people trying to be famous, people trying to be at the top of their field when they just started... I mean, you'll get there, but you need to find out how to do the kind of nuts and bolts of of, of the field first.
1: Yeah, I think there's also some other, um, some other areas that we're not talking about that um, matter, or like what I want to get at, or what I was thinking is that like it's not just about um, knowing the field and knowing the topics, but I think it's also About being able to learn the processes and learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Process
0: is more important than specialization, I think.
1: Yeah, and so if you don't understand, it's not just about like the field, but like about the process and how, if you don't know how you're fitting into the larger, let's say, product process, then if you are trying to specialize, but you don't know at what point you need to talk to developers or at what point you need to like bring in marketing or you need to know all these other things, then you have cornered yourself into a specialization and then you get into the field because you're an expert in this one specialization, but then you don't work into the process. So you're not actually making impact.
0: Yeah, there's something about jumping traits straight to a specialization um, that I'm assuming that they're, they're thinking they're sort of like, outside the system that, that creates actual meaningful products or services because they're out there going like, here's my one little bit, I'm super good at it, it adds value, I think, to everything, but what they don't understand is what happens before and after they do that. And them understanding what happens before and after they do their input to the process is actually, I think, way more important than the thing that they're doing. So imagine they um, decided that they're going to be really good at um, optimizing um, the user experience for conversions for instance they can do that um, but they need to understand what the goal of those conversions is they need to be talking with different stakeholders they need to also be talking to developers on like what's possible they need to be following through on those and actually measuring them and, and i think that's something that you could call yourself a ux cro person sure i've seen it they're pretty similar in a lot of ways but you're gonna miss the whole context of what was actually done, what was actually meant to be done. And I think there's, there's a lot of context that you can get better at to just get working designs to your audience, yeah. that I think you'd be missing out on.
1: Okay, so I think we're getting at this next question, which is, at what point in your career would it be beneficial to specialize?
0: Okay, give me your, how many years? How many years do you think?
1: I wrote this question and I'm already regretting it (laughs) because I don't think, well, I didn't say years. Okay. You said years. I don't, I don't think it's years. I think that it is different per person because you can bring, as we said, past experiences and that maybe will take you not as long as somebody who doesn't have those past experiences and is just starting off in the career. Um, but I think that, you have to have a certain level of experience at the bare minimum, like two years. Okay, there like, it is. Two.
0: I years. know, I
1: know, I, <laughs> I, I I know you asked that, and then I was like, oh, now I want to. But like, that starts I the question. That too. starts the response. Yeah, so I think, think it, like, at years. the bare minimum, like two years. But I, I I don't even know if I agree with that.
0: I would say you're talking about a situation where maybe there's a lot of past experience before they became a designer. So minimum two years of being a designer in a new way and then they can pull in that past stuff and make it work. And I would tend to, I would tend to agree. I would say five to eight years because that's, that's generally how long it takes to become a senior. And if you're trying to specialize before you're a senior, if you're working in-house, uh, I think you're just kind of blowing smoke up people's ass. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're saying you're doing something that you're not. Mm-hmm. If you're a mid-level designer, who isn't quite a senior, which means you don't quite understand how to lead non-designers, you don't quite understand um, all the different soft skills that go into this, this this field, you don't. You haven't done enough of the hard skills to do them by heart, then I don't think you can say that you're an expert, uh, sorry, an expert, a specialist in any one field. Um, that being said, people do get to senior faster than five years if in years, like as a case you brought up, they had some experience in the past. Like, because I think becoming a senior There we've we've talked a lot about this actually for the Fountain Institute. There are a lot of soft skills that go into it, right? And I think that since design is a a design of UX and UI, there actually is sort of junior, mid-level, senior designer, maybe lead, um, principal designer, um, or the management path. I think when people get into the lead and principal designer there without even trying getting into a specialization because they've already probably worked for two places doing the same thing that tends to happen Uh and it's more natural if they're working at a certain place as a senior to work at another place as a lead and take advantage of all the things they learned as a senior so then i think you can become a specialist by default without a lot of trouble yeah so that's my opinion on a very specific idea mm. in-house moving upwards you know working but i'm, I'm curious what you think about that path for more freelance level because that's where that's where you were
1: i think that i had a kind of unusual path and even though it worked for me i don't know if i would promote it to other people um in the fact that i jumped into design by being a freelance designer because i would imagine that there is the same kind of experience that you're talking about in-house that would be beneficial to a freelancer specialization as well um,
0: I can see how in the agency world it's the same mm-hmm. from, from what I've heard there is set levels yeah but I think freelance is difficult
1: because like for me it was like super difficult and it is even like still difficult um, working in that field and getting consistent clients of at the caliber that I want to work with, that I that I think my skill level is at, but I also brought in all my past experiences to this. So, personally, it's hard to kind of gauge that because like I don't think most people start off as freelancers out of school, and I think most people start off as freelancers after they've left either an agency or um, startup world or one of the other. So I don't think they're starting off from ground zero. And I think that you, if you are a freelancer, it, there is some benefits to specializations because at that point, you have to market yourself. And so you can't market to everybody. And so you have to kind of have a niche to work out to like, be like, this is what I do. This is, what, this is why you should come to me because I specialize in this area.
0: Yeah, you bring up a point that I've also heard, like in addition to the question of being, of should I be a journalist or should I be a specialist, I also hear, should I do in-house or should I do freelance? And I think, quick answer, do in-house first, so you learn from other people. Do journalists first, because that's the nature of the field. You can decide later, um, and you won't be able to make that decision until you've experienced a lot of different things. So I think that's the the quick answer to those things. But you bring up a pretty interesting point. Um, It reminds me of the illustrator world. So um, if you're an illustrator, this is this is the one I feel like design field where specializing does help. So it's the only one that I, I can think of. Um, but you should get a certain style. Right. And I think I see that in freelancers, um, the way an illustrator um, maybe picks a particular style um, let's say it's a uh, based off stick and poke tattoos or something like a uh, land in an Austin or something, you know, it's like, so they've got a certain style that looks like this and then they do it once for their friends and then they do it again for a company and then everyone wants to pay them to do this. And I think that sort of illustration approach to freelance does work because you're known for a thing. You do good work in that thing and more people come to you. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference between what I would say just general designer is because you're um you're doing kind of the same process for every well I think client. what you're
1: what you're getting at is that it the difference between freelance is that you have to find clients, yeah and you can't you can open up yourself to like anybody and everybody, but it's harder to it's harder to market in that way it's harder to find somebody in that way, and so that's why as a freelancer, you want to specialize. And the difference with having an in-house job or an agency job is you have jobs coming, given to you. And you don't have to, like, it's the agency's job or the company's job to find those clients, but it's not your job as the designer to find those clients. And so I think there is this difference between marketing and design. And that's where, there's so yeah, there's this difference between the two.
0: But as a freelance communication designer, how would you feel about saying, um, for instance, I only make presentations, which is often looked at as one of the harder jobs mm-hmm. in communication design? Like, would you feel like you were missing out on other work if you did that? Like, I, I have a feeling that, like, it's the in-house people who kind of dream of being a freelancer that think that they should specialize. Whereas I think the actual freelancers, my, 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 my thought is maybe the actual freelancers, well, they're more inclined to say they do everything just so they can get more clients.
1: That's okay, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I've fought with this a lot between um trying to figure out what my best skill set is and who to who to advertise or market that to, mm-hmm. and it. so when I was starting off, which for me was the beginning of my design career, I generalized and I did in a certain sense whatever I could get, so if it was Like graphic design and posters, or if it was logo design, or web design, or brand design, I took whatever kind of position and job that I could get at that time. And that helped me a lot to hone in certain skills to understand where my strengths were to understand what was um, what I was good at and how and also like, it, it taught me a lot about the different programs that I needed to know, the different methods I needed to know, the different processes I needed to know. And then I've, I've over time, learned how to hone those skills in, and now I know what projects I want to work on, what projects my skills are good at, and I can communicate those now and take jobs that use those and, and not take jobs that like go away from that. So I would say I did, like, in that short sense, I did still generalize before I specialized. But and it, I, I and I wouldn't even say I specialize now. I'm still pretty open about what jobs I will take if I know that they benefit the skills that I know I have.
0: You mentioned something there that I think is a, is a good follow-through question is how does marketing yourself factor into choosing between a journalist or a specialist? Like, not even actually the work that you do, the way you're putting yourself out there.
1: Yeah, I think that this is... Um, I mean, I can only speak from the freelance position and that I know that if you can market yourself in a niche, it's better. Um, And I would imagine it's similar when you're on a job search, like from a even if you're looking for not freelance or freelance, if you're looking for agency or startup world, like if you can, if you can niche yourself, it, it is like maybe more appealing to certain companies.
0: I'd say it's very different dichotomy for the, for the in-house and like sort of UX UI designers. When you're a junior, I, I noticed that juniors try and sell themselves as specialists. And when you're a senior, I feel like people pigeonhole you as a specialist.
1: Okay. <laughs> I, I think so, there's a difference. So you're talking about like like the um, like a, a perception or like where the, where the specialization is coming from.
0: When you're a junior, um, people want you to do a certain job, the job ad they want. They see if you match up with the job title you have. So I think you might be a bit foolish to say, I'm doing this, 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 because... In reality, the job needed and the job you do match, but you're you're confusing them with the way you're marketing yourself. Um, and then, if you do manage to get something from your specialized marketing, you're not going to be able to back it up with the, with the experience. Whereas a senior, I think that a lot of times the the thing that people purchase when they try and hire you is they purchase your past experience, that your last job. They want to essentially borrow from the success or or the way you did the last thing, and that's already assuming you're going to do what you did in the last industry to the next industry and it's it's easier actually to take learnings at a higher level to comply to the next job so I mean this is something um, different between I think maybe the management versus the individual contributor track if you're just becoming an actual specialist and not managing anyone I think that it sort of just happens <laughs> I think you wake up one day and you go okay well now I'm a I'm a service designer in the medical field. And that's that's because maybe I didn't change my LinkedIn profile, maybe I but I, I found myself enjoying that work. I moved toward that work. I think that's a natural thing that happens. I think people that are junior try and manufacture that through the way they market themselves when it's not the reality.
1: Yeah, so senior people who have kind of been in the field longer and have maybe like fallen into a specialization is like, realizing that that's what they like or that's what they good at and so it happens more naturally for them or maybe they did stuff to like get there and get specialized in that but they're not forcing it on themselves from the beginning because they they have had the experience to understand that that's the direction they want to go in
0: it reminds me um so hannah and i used to work at a restaurant together and it was a kind of in-between transition between our university and the fields we're going to get into. I'm nervous
1: and... <laughs> about this. <laughs> Keep going.
0: But when I went into the interview for, for this restaurant we worked at, um, Ron, he, he told us like...
1: Oh, not your brother.
0: No, no, not my brother. Ron, the owner, um, he said to me like, he could tell that I, that I didn't want to do waiting tables for the rest of my life. And I, and I told him I wanted to be in design and that was, this was just sort of a means to an end. To get there, Um, and he said, "Well, actually, what's going to happen is one day you're going to wake up and you're going to realize that the thing you're doing as a job is your career." And he said, basically, don't discount something that you're doing in the now that it could be the future. And I and I really like that approach because I think you're trying to manufacture some sort of future. Five years from now, experience when you're trying to say you're a specialist in that, like you should just be waking up every day and saying, "What is it the work that I do? How can I do it better?" And I think that's the kind of lesson he taught me in that interview was that you shouldn't be so caught up in this future plan for your life; you should be focused on the work you're doing right now.
1: That reminds me of the conversations that we had um, in the past episodes about our path, our paths, our paths. Experience is when. Um, I was so focused on a job title and a career that I wanted and I focused, like, went to grad school for it and, and worked a lot at getting into that job, um, I found it much more difficult and frustrating to get to that point versus when I was just focusing on the work that I was doing at the moment, like, which I did when I started design, um,
0: it's, it seems like we're kind of saying the whole fact that you're asking should you specialize yet means you're focusing on the wrong thing,
1: yeah, and it's I think it's more about yes, you do need to look forward and in, in in your career and your life um but there is an importance of being in the moment, God I sound so whatever but there is but there is an importance of it and 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 getting good at what you are now and and being able to focus on those skills and, and progress at what you're doing at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think there's something to be said about instead of trying to plan some future, talk to people who've already been there. Like I would say that's, that's the, probably the most actionable piece of advice is instead of saying, hmm, let's look at my past and maybe ask my mom and my father like what, what I'm good at or whatever. No, it's like you try and get in the field, be humble, jump in, do the work that needs to be there talk to people who are a bit above you ask them what they've learned and i think you can avoid a lot of these issues and and, and, I, and I get it i think it's a sort of um existential crisis um that you go through you think well you know i've worked in a lot of different ways now i'm in this new field i want it all to make sense i want my life to matter i want to find this sort of convergent thing that makes me extremely happy to do what i do and you will find that and that is an important goal to us to aspire to but i think you can't force it i think generalist for a while specialist when it feels like it's happening
1: especially i think this is something difficult for career changers who are older yeah because they don't want to put they don't always want to put the time into like what it may to be that specialist they see that specialist path and they want to be there already um and they're trying to figure out how they can Shorten that timeline, and I do think you can shorten it, but I do think that you can't erase it
0: Um, You have to put in some work.
1: Yeah, and so I think that's something that People want
0: to do a lot of the time Okay, what about we've talked a lot about maybe career changers people late in life people going through this What about someone who just got out of a top university and they're gonna go work for some sort of gigantic? company
1: I mean, you have to generalize at that point because... Um, well, I mean, okay. No work
0: experience. No Not work. a single bit of work experience. So Maybe they the went to thing, Harvard the now thing, they're working at Google.
1: The thing that's tripping me up about that question is a huge company. Because I think there is a difference between... You are able to specialize more in big companies because they have more people working there so you're able to specialize and if you're working in a small company then you tend to have to generalize more because you're wearing more hats you're doing more things I still think though if you're coming out of university and you're jumping even into a big company I still think you're going to be in a generalist position you're going to be some sort of Junior designer of, and maybe like there's a little bit of specialization where you're a junior designer for a specific product.
0: Yeah, maybe you're on the mobile team. Versus yeah, exactly.
1: The... Um, but you're still even in that realm. There's going to be so many people above you who are even more specialists that you're still the generalist in that field. Yeah, and you're a generalist in the idea of the
0: workforce. Yeah, you haven't even design something that actually became real. You've done student projects, you've done a lot of hypothetical things, you've conceptually understood the field but you don't actually understand the field yet. Um, That brings up another point that actually I think even further reinforces the generalist. So, you know, the question here is are there any indicators in the field that would guide a junior designer towards generalist or specialist? Are there any recent developments? Is there anything that someone in college or someone in a boot camp might not know about the field. I would say there's definitely a movement towards cross-disciplinary teams, multidisciplinary teams. Um, Really the idea is that instead of some big design department who touches lots of things and kind of maybe they're all specialists in certain things, we're moving away from that and moving towards small attack teams, which means that there's maybe just one designer on a team of four five maybe even three at minimum people like there's a trend definitely moving towards that and the trend is actually coming from big companies like google it's coming from the big players because they know that startups have innovated in this way and they have to do the same and a lot of them actually wrote the book on this like google for instance you know small interdisciplinary tech teams so there's definitely some developments in the way that teams are structured and the way that designers are working in those structures that i think even further enforces the idea of becoming a generalist.
1: What i think is also interesting about that is the idea and i think you mentioned this or you you started to mention this earlier is there is a there could be a disadvantage to specializing too soon is if you specialize in something and technology changes and that specialization isn't necessary anymore. And you have kind of niched yourself too much that then you don't have a career anymore or not a career anymore. That's dramatic, but, um, you don't have the ability to, you don't have those other like general, like skills from other industries. And so it's hard for you to pivot to something else.
0: Yeah. I think as we said before, a lot of the desire to specialize comes from wanting to keep up with technologies and thinking like technologies equals money um, when I think there's some basic processes that work no matter what the technology is.
1: Like, what if you decided to specialize in Google Glass?
0: Yeah, I mean, you would be very much not doing that now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so, um, which I think what these tech teams that you're talking about is super helpful is that it kind of makes you... Um, just secure, like job secure, because you're seeing a variety of processes, you're seeing a variety of um, ways that the design process integrates into smaller teams, into smaller iterations of products, and so you're able to um, formulate that more and be able to transition later on. So, what is, I have a question for you, what is the difference between the basics and and generalization
0: for me the basics are the principles and methods and mindsets that make the field up and I think a journalist masters those first just because you're saying that that's your thing doesn't mean the market will say it's your thing it doesn't mean that you will actually have the experience to make that your thing you know like learning the ins and outs of something is different than doing the ins and outs of something and I think that's where education fails in the sense that they of course, it's in their in, in their interest to promise that at the end of their program you can skip all the, the, the hard work, the grunt work, the boring work.
1: In my master's program, there were people who jumped straight into that from undergrad. And there were at least one person, if not more than one person, that figured out less than halfway through the program that this was the wrong program from them because they didn't know what they wanted to actually study. And so they specialized way too soon and didn't know what like the field was and then ended up going through this whole master's programme that they don't do anything with
0: I think the people who can afford to stay in academia in perpetuity are kind of a very small minority. Yeah. And honestly I would love to do that. It (laughs) sounds like honestly like what better life to live. In in a perfect world, I think we should all go there. Like that would actually be to me a paradise on earth. But I think the reality is probably more than 80%, I got to say, if people go into the working world. Higher than that, probably yeah. higher than that. But like, all I care about is the Pareto principle, right? 80%. You know, like what, what can we do for 80% of people? And I think what we can do is say, okay, get in the field. Um, learn from people who are already there. You can get free mentorship if you work at a company. You know, you just gotta get coffee or lunch with someone who works there. So yes, you could get the perfect degree, you could do this, but it's even easier for most people to just jump in the field Learn from people that are there. Learn from other designers. Learn from them. And even then, after you understand that, learn from non-designers. There's so much to learn there about the context of making good products and services that I think it's like, there's just so much work there. Why are we even talking about getting into a specialization until you've actually jumped in there? And I, I think humans learn from trial and error. Like it's It's a great it's nice thought to think that you can plan out your whole life to become that specialist who gives that speech at the graduation ceremony after they come back to some, their alma mater. But the reality is, I think that it takes a lot of trial and error. It takes a lot of prototyping their own experiences, like trying to figure out what it is they like. I, it, it's, it would be, it would be nice if you could sort of find your exact, perfect passion from just, conceptualizing it but i think there's a lot of trial and error that goes into it i think you need to try a lot of different things
1: i would agree even though i want to say like conceptualization can do a lot in the world
0: conceptualizing can save a lot of time for sure
1: but i think you are right that experience really there's nothing you can really beat with that and depending on where you are and what you're doing in a career who knows there's not like a time limit on what that experience is but i think you have to have some of it
0: it's better to choose that specialization on something beyond paper, and it's better to try general uh, being a generalist for as long as you can.
1: So with that being said, don't don't specialize.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, we hated on specialization. Yeah, we,
1: we hated it on it a lot.
0: That's okay. I think for the senior, this would be a different podcast.
1: Yeah. Iterating again, iterating again? Reiterating, Reiterating that this is specifically about people who are getting, who are new into the field and junior designers.
0: One of the things that, that we're passionate about is helping people go from junior to senior um, so they can have this sort of conversation. Um, we've actually been working on a course that helps people learn advanced UX UI design principles and methods that they can use to advance beyond the aesthetic to do a lot of the things we've talked about here.
1: And over the next few weeks in this podcast, we're actually going to be breaking down what those uh, stages might be and what those different processes might be. And we're going to be inviting different, um, we're going to be inviting different experts in those fields to talk to us about those, such as research processes and sense making and facilitation or presentation Um, which we know are some areas that juniors are needing some support in. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we'll see you next time. Thanks to Tobias Humble for making all the music in this episode, and all our episodes.